Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning and welcome to our Thursday edition of the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. I want to begin with a text I received, in fact, just a few minutes ago. In fact, it's from a regular listener of this broadcast. Very timely that this comes in when it does. Ryan writing in, hope you have a better day today, Vince. (laughs) Trust me, I feel your pain and anger too. You're not alone. Stay blessed. And he is in control. He has us. Happy New Year and Merry Late Christmas to you. Thanks very much, Ryan. And I share this at the outset because I have the very strong sense that the passion I've communicated the past couple of days is where so many of you are. You're at a place where you have come to the conclusion enough is enough. You're tired of the games. You're tired of the playing footsie that we see out of the nation's capital. Folks who really aren't serious about doing anything of significance other than perpetuating their own importance, their own significance, Maintaining their own positions of power. That's the status quo. And frankly, I'm very much of the belief this is not going to change. Having said that, and I want to say this at the outset. If there are any detractors, anybody within the sound of my voice, you disagree with me on this subject and what I've communicated on this broadcast the past couple of days, I want to hear from you. I want you to call in and tell me. Vince, you're all wrong on this. You're all washed up. Kevin McCarthy is our man. So far, after two days, I've not gotten a single call. I don't remember seeing any texts either of people saying, you know, we really need this guy. This is Washington Think that is in operation right now. And where it leads, who knows? We do know. Vote number seven is coming up today, either this afternoon or this evening. Now, we do have some new developments to tell you about this morning. Washington Post reporting this. We've got a couple of versions of this particular story. Washington Post reporting Kevin McCarthy's made some fresh concessions to a group of 20 GOP lawmakers in hopes of ending their blockade of his speakership ahead of votes today. They're calling this a stunning reversal that, if adopted, would weaken the position of speaker and ensure a tenuous hold on the job. During late-hour negotiations, McCarthy agreed to the proposed rule changes, according to four people familiar with the talks who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss private deliberations. In a major allowance to the, this, if I see this phrase one more time, are you ready for this? In a major allowance to the hard right Republicans, and I still have to, I keep asking the question, what the hell is that? What is a hard right Republican? And I dare suggest that the writer of this probably doesn't even know. Anyway, McCarthy offered to lower from five to one the number of members required to sponsor a resolution to force a vote on ousting the Speaker. This is a change the California Republican had previously said he would not accept. Also, expressing a willingness to place more members of the staunchly conservative House Freedom Caucus on the House Rules Committee, which debates the legislation before it's moved to the floor. And he relented on allowing floor votes to institute term limits on members and to enact specific border policy legislation. These are pretty significant developments. 
It remained unclear whether the concessions could move the holdouts, several of whom have said they will not support McCarthy no matter what. Now, the House reconvenes at noon today for more voting, but some moderates have grown irate at the moves after pledging last month they would never support a rules package that gives one House member the power to vacate the Speaker. McCarthy emerged from the Wednesday night meeting bluntly telling reporters the impasse continued but suggested progress was being made, saying, I don't think a vote tonight will make a difference, but a vote in the future will. That's what he said yesterday evening. And it'll be interesting to see what develops today. Also, Breitbart reporting, the conservative and influential Club for Growth has announced it's cut a deal with the super PAC affiliated with House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, signaling possible movement in the House Speaker race after a stalemate had resulted in no speaker through six rounds of voting. The deal with the McCarthy-affiliated super PAC, the Congressional Leadership Fund, involves CLF agreeing to stay out of open-seat Republican primaries in safely red districts as well as CLF vowing not to enable other super PACs to do the same. Club for Growth President Dave McIntosh said in a statement, the agreement fulfills a major concern his organization had held, noted that as long as certain principles are met, Club for Growth would endorse McCarthy for speaker. So this is a major development. This agreement on super PACs fulfills a major concern we've pressed for, We understand Leader McCarthy and members are working on a rules agreement that will meet the principles we've set out previously. Assuming these principles are met, Club for Growth will support Kevin McCarthy for Speaker. Now, for those of you not familiar, Club for Growth is a well-funded group that endorses candidates who promote limited government and economic conservatism. In other words, it's a conservative organization. Imagine that. So these two developments, they may have an impact and may result in some movement today. It'll be interesting to see whether Kevin McCarthy is able to win outright or, in the very least, whether he is able to get some people to move toward his side. So... That's where we stand. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line thus far. I'm 100% with you, Vince. McCarthy needs to go away. Is it true McCarthy has already moved his stuff into the Speaker's office? If true, it's further proof he's unfit for office. Or he's bought votes. I'm not sure, by the way. I've heard that story. Another one, McCarthy just needs to get the hell out of the way. The people do not want him as Speaker. What a tool. So the Speaker's job is not God. It's a manager position. The committee leaders are probably more important in the long run. We should move on and get the work of the Republican Party started, this texture says. Vince, to answer your question, recent decades, everything shifted left. Decades. Moderates have become conservative. Conservatives have become right-wingers. Yes, that's exactly what's happened. It's a shift left. Across the board. And this texture says, thank God for Bober. But we'll have to talk about Miss Bobert after the break. Because this woman drove me absolutely crazy. I, I watched people last night that I don't normally watch. I'll just tell you that. We'll get to that and let you hear it for yourself as we continue. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. 
If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-931110, 800-931110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I'll tell you, this text line has been scrolling away the past few minutes. This one is far from subtle. Kevin McCarthy is an arrogant puke. Wow. Mick Mulvaney described the concept of the Freedom Caucus as thoughtful right-wing extremists. They're not principled conservatives, Vince. They're the manifestation of the GOP's worst impulses, which is why the party has looked lost since 2010. (laughs) Vince McCarthy will ultimately fail. And with that, another failure will fall on Trump. Trump will burn the GOP House down in 2024, running as an independent candidate. Oh, boy. I can tell you're a little under the weather. Thank you for powering through and bringing us a great show. Well, thank you. We also have this. I assume referring to Kevin McCarthy. He puts himself first against the greater good. Very self-entitled. Demonstrates character weakness. If you thought he should be speaker by now. (laughs) By now. Should have seen your error. See, I think this is right on money. In fact, I have a friend. I don't know how much he follows politics. But he posted something about this whole spectacle that's unfolding before us. And (laughs) this was yesterday going on to the fourth ballot. Come on. How is this helping Americans? These representatives just need to put their egos aside. And I said, one person mainly needs to do that. Kevin McCarthy. And it's true. It is true. Having said that, remember I always warn you about false binary choices. Because I want to be very clear here. I want to tell you there's no pure side here. There really isn't. I'm not sitting here telling you the opposition to Kevin McCarthy is pure and perfect. They get everything right. I think one of the things that needs to happen Ms. Lauren Boebert needs to sit her rear end down sometimes and shut the hell up. I know that's very strong. But when you hear what I'm about to play for you, and folks, I, I've got to tell you, I, I cannot believe I sit and I sat and watched this for 15, 20 minutes yesterday evening live, and I wanted to reach the screen myself and tell the woman to shut up. It was awful. And I can also tell you, Nothing personal, but I I normally don't watch Hannity. I really don't. For some reason, I turned it on just to see what's going on with this circus. And it it was nauseating. Let me just give you a sample first by (laughs) sharing with you. uh, Before we get to the Hannity thing, let's go to the House floor because this kind of sets up the Hannity exchange. Yesterday... On the House floor, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, she came out to offer a nomination, and she nominated a candidate who doesn't have a prayer. You know, I don't necessarily disagree with her idea, but in any case, she did it. Here are the final words that she communicated before she left the floor. Listen up. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us, even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. With that, I yield. Thank you. Wow. Did you hear that? (laughs) And you... uh... You can definitely tell this really stirred it up. Basically calling out the president saying, hey, you need to call Kevin McCarthy. Tell him he's the one who needs to stand down. Wow. It's pretty bold. So this sets up the conversation that took place yesterday evening on Hannity Show. 
So Lauren Bobert is the guest, and this clip you're about to hear gives you a picture of how the conversation went. This woman would not shut up, just would not. And I'll just let you listen for yourself. Here's the exchange. The president, you said complimentary things about President Trump, needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes. It's time to withdraw. Let me turn the tables, Congresswoman. Kevin McCarthy has 202, three votes. Your side has 20. So if I'm going to use your words and your methodology and your math, uh, isn't it time for you to pack it in and your side to pack it in, considering he has over 200 and you have 20? Sean, I understand the frustration, I promise you. But, I'm not um, frustrated. You didn't answer my vote. question. And we are hearing... We I'm are not, hearing I'm from many frustrated. people who are still voting with Kevin McCarthy You're who not are answering very my supportive question. of what we're doing, and they're cheering us on. So there are more for us than are against us, and they are waiting for Kevin to cave. Okay. Um, you know, the American people are certainly frustrated by... I'm frustrated by you not answering a direct question. You said to President Trump, you, you said earlier today that President okay. Trump needs to tell Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy you don't the have the we votes. We need to come up Hold with a consensus candidate to elect a Can Speaker of the House. You don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. He has 203. Your side has 20. Why is it time for him to withdraw and not you when he has so many more votes? Well, Sean, he needs 218, and he does not have 218. We've been trying Neither to work this out in private, as you said, for months. But Kevin McCarthy didn't even want to listen to us until his disappointing midterms. We all want a unified party. But this isn't chaos. It's a functioning constitutional republic. When everything is said and done, okay, I like uh, House show. Republicans will be stronger <laughs> and better prepared to lead than we ever have before. I believe that this read? is what our founding fathers intended, and okay, this is showing yesterday that our our votes are working. Our votes aren't just in a, a cast. Congresswoman, I'd ask you not to filibuster. <laughs> but she did the whole time. I mean, it was like this. And, and I'm just thinking, please answer the question and shut up. Oh, my gosh. This was horrible. It really was. This is why I told you. There, there's no, a lot of times in these circumstances, there's no, you know, black and white good side here. I mean, he's, my goodness, this person saying that is not true Hannity was so rude to Bobert. <laughs> uh, your texts are really coming in at a very rapid pace now, which I'm going to share here in a bit. But still to come in the mm. broadcast, we're going to also get some other reactions, including that from Speaker Pelosi. Who are the other candidates? Who could potentially step up if Kevin McCarthy does decide to pull back? Uh, we will talk about that. Also, broader picture. The call for change in the GOP. I think it's definitely time. That much more as we continue. Stay with us. I told you this text line was scrolling away. We begin with this. McCarthy told Trump he lost in 2020. It was time for Trump to sit down. And it's time Trump tells Kevin he lost. Time for him to sit down. He lost. Boy, here's a pretty, a very brutal text. This person saying, I changed my party affiliation to unaffiliated over a decade ago and have thought the Republican Party should be burned to the ground since then. Ouch. Also, this person saying of Lauren Boebert, she's actually correct about it being a process, not chaos. The logjam to elect the Speaker of the House, one small step. For democracy, we're giant step into quicksand. We have to remember, every journey starts with the first step. That darn Donald Trump really opened a can of worms. <laughs> Broader picture. Maybe they should find somebody who's not part of either party. 
A house against itself cannot stand. A small group of narcissists who are not very smart people. In fact, they're led by a pedophile from Florida and a high school dropout from Colorado. These are the people controlling the Republican Party. <laughs> Vincent, all due respect, Boebert answered his question, referring to Hannity. It's a constitutional republic. She's saying Congress needs to figure out the disagreement and find someone who they can all unify around. Hannity is a buffoon. <laughs> that congresswoman sounds like my wife when I'm trying to explain why I didn't get something done around the house and how she does everything. Maybe it's that time of the month. Chris out of Shelby. You should be ashamed of yourself. Jeff, Lauren Boebert handled herself perfectly. Sean Hannity needs a reality check. It's clear Sean Hannity is drinking the McCarthy Kool-Aid. I used to be a big fan of his. He's starting to fall on my hit parade. I'm not saying. Let's see here. Oh, I'm not saying Lauren Boebert handled herself perfectly. But it's Sean Hannity who needs the reality check. This person saying, Bobert fan, she's right, Hannity is not only wrong, but deaf. The point is to stop Kevin. McCarthy is anti-conservative, the quintessential swamp rat. Love your show, <laughs> swamp rat. All right, I can't stand Hannity these days. Complains about the go-along to get-along politicians. Then the following week, he wants them to do just that. I hope and pray McCarthy pushes past his ego, steps down. Step down, you rhino. I'm done with Hannity. He was trying to bully Lauren Boebert last night. I called Ralph Norman's office today and asked him to keep standing firm again against McCarthy. That is from AJ. So I should tell women to sit down and shut up if I don't agree with them. Got it. If you could, point me to that verse in the Bible. This is not about women. If you're going to make it about a woman, that's not the point. It's about anybody. Sometimes people need to be quiet. Answer the question. Move on. Let the interviewer. I mean, that, that's a frustrating experience when you do have an interview with somebody who just rambles on and 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 on. Whose show is it? I think Dr. Laura handles this best. <laughs> I love the way she does business nancy pelosi this is what she tweeted out yesterday all who serve in the house share a responsibility to bring dignity to this body like i did <laughs> nancy pelosi really sadly republicans cavalier attitude in electing a speaker is frivolous disrespectful and unworthy of this institution we must open the house and proceed with the people's work how nauseating what a self-righteous Witch on wheels. This is a woman who needs to fade out into the sunset. And she's <laughs> talking about bringing dignity to the body. After all of her antics and profiting off of the house like she has over many years, along with her husband, please. So, if all of this blows up, what happens? What are the options? What are the alternatives to Kevin McCarthy? Well, Bloomberg has an interesting story on this, talking about the other possibilities. The most obvious contenders have disclaimed interest, but that didn't stop former Speaker Paul Ryan, who allegedly didn't want the job at first. You probably remember this. Back in 2015, Ryan, Wisconsin Republican, ultimately took the post after McCarthy withdrew his candidacy under pressure from conservatives. This is round two. I told you that, folks. A handful of House Republicans are in position to step in should McCarthy throw in the towel this time around. Here are some possibilities. We've mentioned this name before, Steve Scalise, the number two House Republican. He's literally the next in line should McCarthy withdraw. An effective fundraiser communicator has served as House Minority Whip since 2019. He has the skill set the Speaker relies on to cajole lawmakers into voting for the party's goals. He's won contested leadership elections for chair of the conservative Republican Study Committee and his current post. And a lot of people remember 
He survived that mass shooting during a 2017 practice for the annual charity congressional baseball game. The subject of his book, Back in the Game. Steve Scalise. Who else do we have? How about... <laughs> this name for you. Patrick McHenry. He had sights on becoming chair of the House Finance Services Committee. He's trained his fire and regulations created under the Dodd-Frank Act passed after the 2008 financial crisis, particularly the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. He served as chief deputy whip in the past, helping keep House Republicans in line on key party goals. And they're saying that would help him in a possible role as speaker. By the way, Patrick McHenry from right here in North Carolina. Elise Stefanik, the youngest Republican woman ever elected to Congress. She's quickly risen through the ranks by moving with the political tides, elected in 2014 by voters of a northern New York district as a moderate conservative who worked for President George W. Bush and Paul Ryan, outspoken supporter of Donald Trump, especially during his first impeachment. Jim Jordan, you've heard about him, former college wrestling coach. He is a um, very popular founding member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, staunch defender of Donald Trump. Just a sampling of some of the names, some of the possibilities, any of these appealing to you? Any of these excite you? Love to get your thoughts as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, let us go out to a call here from Ed. Good morning. Welcome, Ed. Oh, thank you so much, Vince. You bring up such brilliant subjects that affect everyone, including the whole world, not just <laughs> America. And uh, my viewpoint on what's going on now is uh, this man has over 200 votes. And there's, you know, like 20 that uh, he needs, supposedly. And there could be some of those people, they'd be holdouts and not supporting him because they want a concession on something we're going to not know about because a lot of other the table negotiating going on. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, there, there's definitely some truth to that. Uh, very much appreciate your call there. And another important thing to point out, you have to consider that a lot of the people, you know, a lot of people will raise the question, okay, you got all these 200 people. Well, one of the problems here, this is why I warn you all the time about the danger of mobs. We have mob rule in Congress. Let's be honest about it. Because I guarantee you, if you were to candidly talk to most of these people voting for Kevin McCarthy, they don't necessarily like him or want to support him. I believe a lot of it's fear. We think he's going to win. Ultimately, he's going to prevail. And if we showed any disloyalty by not voting for him, there would be hell to pay. There would be a committee position I would not get. There's funding for a pet project of mine. It's not going to happen. There's a bill I want to propose. It ain't going to happen now. Because I didn't vote for Kevin. 
I think this is one of the major reasons why you got these 200 people staying with him. It's out of fear. And they're not going to move until Kevin McCarthy says, you know, I'm throwing in the towel. Then they will think it's safe. And then many of them will only feel comfortable if it's the next person on the, on, you know, the rung of the ladder, which will be Steve Scalise. They'll be like, okay, we can go with him. In fact, we need to go with him because we want to make sure we stay in good favor with the system. I hope that helps you understand the way this thing works because it's really not about you and what you think. It's really about a system that has been set up to help insiders, to promote insiders. Representative Ken Buck of Colorado He was on CNN yesterday, and he actually suggested Kevin McCarthy needed to step aside and let Steve Scalise run for Speaker of the House. He said, I had a number of conversations with Kevin. I basically told him at some point he needs to break loose. He needs to make a deal to bring the 19 or 20 over. He needs to step aside or give somebody a chance to do that. Jake Tapper responds, hey, so you saying to Kevin McCarthy, we need to fish or cut bait? Like if you can't get to 218, 217, whatever the threshold is, we need to find someone else. Who might that be? Buck says Steve Scalise. I don't know if he gets more or less. At some point, we have to start to look at the rules and the committee assignments and other things, get back to the basics of what the people's self-interest is in the case, meet some of those interests and get the votes. He added there are a few of the 20 that wouldn't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy, but would vote for somebody else. There are others who want changes in the rules, others who care about policy. If Steve meets those needs, he'll be able to move forward and take the speakership. But concluded, the conference as a whole needs to make a decision. What's happening right now, people are getting worn down. We're starting to get some open conflict on the floor as well as behind closed doors. And this kind of conflict, he says, is ultimately not healthy. Which goes to a broader conversation about the party. You've heard me make comments here about a number of things that need to change if this party wants to be a party of the future. Rick Scott, and I'd be curious to know what he's communicating. I think I've liked what he's said so far. But he's launching a nationwide television ad calling for change within the GOP and urging Republicans to stop caving in to Democratic demands. Now, he's putting seven figures into this ad, and it features Scott addressing his unsuccessful effort to oust Mitch McConnell from his post, acknowledging that winning that leadership race was always going to be hard. But then he goes on to challenge voters to help change the party. People told me not to run for Republican leader against Mitch McConnell. They said I wouldn't win. I knew it was going to be hard, but we got to start somewhere. We're on the road to woke socialism, and Republicans are just a speed bump. Isn't he right about this? We can't just keep doing the same old thing. It's time for Republicans to be bold, to speak the truth, and stop caving in. Isn't this what a lot of you are saying? This is the latest sign Scott's digging in his heels after unsuccessfully challenging McConnell for that leadership role. Scott's leading the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And he found himself at odds with McConnell multiple times over his stewardship of the GOP's effort to recapture control of the Senate, which we know has completely failed coming up we're going to talk about the economy what's happening with the economy despite all of the feds activity stay with us this is the vince coakley radio program from the heart of the carolinas a breath of fresh air a voice of reason this is the vince coakley radio program Oh, my goodness. This text line scrolling away. 
and I'm attempting here to very carefully go through this. And I actually have some good news to report in just a bit. Let's begin with some of the items from our conversation in the first hour. Let's begin here. Vince, be honest. You know these guys are looking for someone that's willing to burn it all down if they don't get their way. I'm comforted by the fact that whatever is agreed to can be changed by a simple majority vote in the House. Such dummies. <laughs> Vince, I've ignored the media and what the Republicans are saying. I'm listening to what the Democrats are saying. They just want to get this over with. That tells me they're fine with McCarthy. That's everything I need to know. If the Democrats want him, we definitely don't want him. What if most of the 200 supporters of McCarthy are sellouts? No one talks about that. Bullies run the government, not constitutionally minded patriots. This person in the upstate says, you don't even understand the reasons why we don't want Kevin McCarthy. They met with him. He refused to help them introduce a bill that would help the governor of Texas close the border. There are more things. You seriously need to listen to Tara, because apparently you refuse to do your own homework. <laughs> what? What sort of crack are you smoking? We know the reasons. I know the reasons. It's just silly how people make assumptions of things they do not know. So clearly you don't know what you're talking about, sir or ma'am. So sad this system is not for the people. Steve Scalise, just as Baz McCarthy. It's sad some of these people will not come forward and run. It is. I just emailed Patrick McHenry and asked him to not vote for McCarthy. For all the good that'll do. Vince, I've been listening to the news for the past few days. There's one area about which I've heard nothing. There's a power far above those who are fighting over power in Congress. We as believers need to be on our knees crying out for God's mercy and guidance for our country. Scripture tells us when the enemy comes in like a flood, God promised to raise up a standard against him. Evil's all around us. We need to be praying the house down for God's perfect will not be caught up in these lesser issues. Vince, you hit on something important when you said a lot of people don't actually support McCarthy. or are only doing so out of fear. This is what happens when people are too afraid to live by the principles they know to be true and espouse. The people who do are actually the ones that will be the leaders of the future. Yeah. Vince, are we supposed to believe the fossil in chief is going to go to the border and stop the flow of migrants and the Senate House? 80 is the new 40. <laughs> Would anyone even let these people mow your lawn, let alone govern? <laughs> what you're saying about people being afraid, an old adage that if you try to take out the king and don't succeed, you'll eternally be on the outside looking in. What we're waiting on here is to see if these 20 people can just get enough to break ranks and make taking the stand worth the risk. Yes. That is the question. Is this going to pay off? I want to share some breaking news with you. It's some encouraging news. You heard on yesterday's program, I made the point that this is the most encouraging, unifying development this week. It's a tragedy. What's happened with Tamar Hamlin? It's brought so many people together to pray. Just minutes ago, we have this update. Buffalo Bills player is showing remarkable improvement, according to the team. They've put out a statement today saying DeMar Hamlin has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. Remarkable improvement. While still critically ill, he's demonstrated he appears to be neurologically intact. That is such good news. His lungs continue to heal, and he's making steady progress. As you know, Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest the first quarter of Monday's game. That game suspended against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hamlin opened his eyes 
and he can grip the hands of those close to him, according to two people with knowledge of the situation. Those people requested anonymity because they're not authorized to speak publicly about Hamlin's health. The agency that represents Hamlin, Agency One Sports, posted on Twitter, Tomorrow's made substantial improvement overnight. We are so thankful for all the first responders, doctors, and hospital staff, and everyone who played a role in this process. Moments before the Bills update, teammate and cornerback, Kyer Elam, tweeted out, Our boy is doing better, awake and showing signs of improvement. Thank you, God. Keep the prayers coming, please. All love, three. is what he posted. The Bills received a first-hand update from Hamlin's father, Mario Hamlin. This was over Zoom on Wednesday, according to ESPN. Hamlin had previously been sedated while in the ICU there at University of Cincinnati Medical Center. So I'm very very thrilled to give you this update. Isn't this the kind of good news that we need? Very encouraging. And we hope that he will bounce back and better than ever. That's our hope and prayer here. We also have another breaking news story to tell you about. Are you sitting down for this? I've got to tell you, I honestly have to tell you I'm a little bit skeptical about this news. But it's very clear, it is very clear that Joe Biden recognizes where the American people are on this issue. Here's the story. Biden is restricting Nicaraguans, Cubans, and Haitians at the border. He said they would immediately begin turning away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border illegally. This is a major expansion of an existing effort to stop Venezuelans attempting to enter the U.S., Instead, the administration will accept 30,000 people per month from the four nations for two years and offer the ability to legally work as long as they come legally, have eligible sponsors, and pass vetting and background checks. These four affected nations are among those for whom migrant border crossings have risen most sharply with no easy way to quickly return migrants to their home countries. This is a massive change to immigration rules. And will stand even if the U.S. Supreme Court ends that Trump-era public health law that allows American authorities to turn away asylum seekers. So again, this is a major story. The Biden administration saying they're going to immediately begin turning away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border illegally. So, (laughs) prepare yourself, folks. This is the beginning of the campaign for 2024. That's what this is about. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Before the break, we share the wonderful news. Damar Hamlin showing remarkable improvement and appears to be neurologically intact. That is absolutely awesome news to get this morning. Let's go out to a call here from Ryan here in Charlotte. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Vince. Thanks 
thanks for sharing my piece at the beginning of the broadcast. I, I thought that was you. Um, yeah, I wasn't gonna. Um, I wasn't gonna call today. I was just gonna listen. But when you mentioned Demar Hamlin, I, I you know I, I had to call in because there has been something I've noticed the last few days. Actually, actually, I'm, I'm very happy about um, during the time right now where there's so much negativity. Um, ESPN said that um, that was one of the most that was I think the most highly watched football game uh, on on the ESPN channel. I think and I think I can't remember if it was ever or in a very long time. So for that situation to happen and everybody see it, and now he's making a miraculous you know comeback and everybody's excited. It's been good good news and what the country's done. I I feel like something's happening. I mean, can you not see God's God's work here? During a game when everybody, when the most people were watching, this incident happened. You know, the country's praying for him. You know, people opposing teams and players have been to the hospital. Prayer chains have been forming. Even when we had COVID and all the social unrest going on, people were praying, but it didn't seem like an outcry like this. If a if a football player going into cardiac arrest can, can bring us together like this, and, and God shows us power. It shows that we can do this as people. You know, like like we, we can come together. I think we get so caught up in our own political views and our own religious and our own prejudice and our own our own our own stuff that we don't allow it to happen. But this is proving right now that that it, it can it can happen. Like we can definitely yes. do this. I just yeah. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer to what I'm saying. Now the sad thing is, I think once uh, elections and another. Um, pandemic or whatever come through, I think we're going to be at each other's throats again. I just hope we can all see from this that God, God is, 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 is sit back and let God work. He's going to handle it. And we need to realize, too, well, I've been very impressed. We can come together and do this. I mean, yep. just, we yes. have to be willing to. I absolutely appreciate your comments. It's, it's actually right on the money, Ryan. Very much appreciate your call and your text before the broadcast today. I, it's it's right on the head. And the question is, for all of us, at any time, are we looking for God's redemptive hand at work in whatever circumstance we're dealing with? And, you know, I'm confessing this to you now. I should be more diligently praying, like, for this ongoing situation with the speaker's race. Now, I know there are people that are like, oh, God doesn't care about that. Oh, I believe he does probably for different reasons than, you know, it's not a matter of he's on a particular team. But does he want righteousness to prevail? Does he want solid order to prevail? Oh, absolutely. That's why he instituted government to keep order. And what we've been watching in recent years is disintegration and disorder. So, very very important point made there by Ryan, which we very much appreciate. On the text line as well, this person saying, I've heard that T. Higgins has been riddled with guilt over what happened. We should also pray for him. Yes, we should. Yeah, I mean, obviously, nobody would ever think he is to blame just because they have collided on a football field that that's not his fault in any way we would all know that but I know human nature and I know me that would be going through my head that would haunt me I know it would on the issue of an alleged immigration crackdown which we're supposedly going to get from Joe Biden now it's probably about 2024 but also be conservative-minded people fleeing their new socialist commie country. <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure he can't turn away Cubans. There's a long-standing asylum process for Cubans. They can just reach America. So how does he get away with that? Well, it remains to be seen. That would probably have to make its way through the courts. This person, <laughs> very skeptical as well, bullcrap. I do not believe it. More lip service out of Biden. Yeah. You nailed it, Vince. Shrewd snakes, this administration. Now the invasion is complete. With who knows how many millions of illegal immigrants now inside the country. Yeah. 
kind of after the fact, right? <laughs> Biden turning away Haitians, huh? Say it isn't so. I thought Trump and Republicans were the racists. Exactly. Will there be any blowback here? Probably not. I just called Representative Timmons' office, asked why he's not voting with conservatives. They told me he's put a statement out on Twitter. That was not true. <laughs> My goodness. Economics. How are things going for you economically? Any improvement? We've been watching the gasoline prices kind of fluctuate some. They've gone down some, gone back up a little bit. Breitbart reporting private sector hiring has surged to a blistering pace in defiance of the Fed's effort to tame inflation. U.S. businesses added workers to their payrolls at a blistering pace in December. The latest indicator, efforts by the Federal Reserve to cool off demand for labor have not gained a solid foothold. You know what that means. The Feds are going to act again. ADP saying private sector employment grew by 235,000 above all estimates of analysts surveyed by Econoday. The median forecast was for only 145,000. That was 90,000 above what was anticipated. Job growth accelerated in December. Higher than previously thought in November. The November figure revised up. From 127,000 to 182,000. That means the slowdown in hiring, something the Fed has been trying to bring about through rate hikes, was far less significant than previously indicated. Leisure and hospitality growing by 123,000. Professional and business adding 52,000. Education and health up by 42,000. Other services up by 31. That's just a sampling of what's taking place with our economy. Just a preview, coming up tomorrow, a really good item for Faith Focus Friday. I came across this this morning while I was going for my walk with the dog. I read this and thought, wow, this is dynamite stuff. I'll just give you a hint. It goes back to the idea again of our need to get beyond what is entirely personal and to focus on this thing called community but even that can be a trap we'll talk about this as i mentioned faith focus friday coming up tomorrow stay with us Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. As you know, we are minutes away from a continuation of the circus. <laughs> the House will reconvene again. We'll see what happens. Did Kevin McCarthy make enough concessions to win the votes of the people he needs to get to 218 we may find out very very soon over on the text line we talked about economically what's going on with jobs the added jobs we have this this texture says Vince just started a second job a couple of days ago and am considering working a third job just to get out of debt and get ahead. Got to start thinking about my future now. I'm in my 40s. Probably older than you. That's from Jeff. Yes, you're older than I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to very quickly skip over that one. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. I've addressed this subject before, and it's not uh, something that, um, you know, it's really something that's got to be addressed frequently and probably something that's going to need to be addressed more boldly and more broadly than it is. And I'm talking about this subject of younger people in social media. 
There's a new study out. Here's the headline in Study Finds. The social disaster. Children who frequently check social media face significant brain changes. This is impacting the brains of our young people. Here's one reason, one more reason to limit the number, the amount of time your child is spending in front of a screen. Social media could be reprogramming children's brains and making them hooked on likes. This is a study out of the University of North Carolina. Apps like Instagram, Snapchat could be making teenagers almost constantly checking their phones to see if they have positive or negative reactions to their online posts. The more young people check social media, the more sensitive they become to social feedback in the form of likes and comments. Social feedback includes social rewards and punishments like thumbs up, thumbs down, tagging, reporting content, or star ratings. This increasing anticipation and sensitivity to receiving these kinds of responses makes it hard for adolescents to fight the urge to check their accounts. This becomes obsessive, folks. This study goes on to say our findings suggest checking behaviors on social media is early in early adolescence may tune the brain's sensitivity to potential social rewards and punishments. Individuals with habitual checking behaviors showed initial hypoactivation but increasing sensitivity to potential social cues over time. Those with non-habitual checking behaviors showed initial hyperactivation and decreasing sensitivity over time. Which category do you want your child in? During adolescence, the brain experiences significant structural and functional reorganization changes, making it a crucial period of development. Neural regions involved in motivational relevance and effective become hyperactive, orienting teens to rewarding stimuli in their environment, particularly from peers. So who did they study for this? The researchers studied 169 students from three public middle schools right here in North Carolina over three years. Each participant reported how often they checked the popular social media platforms, Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. Some admitted doing so more than 20 times in a day. I'm thinking that number is probably pretty small, pretty low. They also took part in a social incentive delay task where their brain responses were measured when they were anticipating receiving social rewards and avoiding social punishments. Previous research shows... 78% of 13 to 7 year olds, 17 year olds report checking their devices at least hourly each day. 35% look at the top five networks almost constantly. In this study, the authors point out students who look at social media at least 15 times daily were the most sensitive to social feedback. Eva Telzer, who's a professor in UNC Chapel Hill's Psychology and Neuroscience Department and corresponding author, said these findings suggest children who grow up checking social media more often are becoming hypersensitive to feedback from their peers. I don't know about you. I don't want children to be this sensitive to this kind of feedback. You know where this leads? All kinds of intimidation. Over on the text line, elderly people's brains are also being programmed, reprogrammed by social media. This person saying, this has actually happened to my mom and father-in-law. Wow, that's kind of sobering to think older people are being affected as well. <laughs> other items here in the text line Vince I'm a millennial and a constitutionalist I'm going to send my utility bills to Congress ask who will help me pay it I think everyone should also do this <laughs> yeah 
this person saying, I tweeted my representative Ralph Norman reminded him McCarthy said conservatives should be censored online. If he voted for McCarthy, we'll remember that in the primaries. Vote Jordan. Well, Ralph Norman's one of the early people who's taken a stand here. Stay with us, folks. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.